trust that the Lord will help us to see this and, and then practice it. Let's pray like the apostle did for one another. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power by his spirit. The word by there should be through, through his spirit. Through his spirit. In the inner man. You remember that in the, in the fifth chapter of Ephesians he speaks about being filled by the Spirit. A lot of fanatical teaching has gone out from Ephesians 5.18, sad to say. And many, I'm sure, sincere believers have gotten confused here. They had the idea that being filled by the Spirit, and that's correct there in Ephesians 5.18, by the Spirit, To say that the Spirit is like pouring water into a glass, or you can have a little or more or less of the Spirit, is certainly a, the wrong analogy. I, if I didn't learn anything else at Moody Bible Institute, I did learn that the Spirit is a person. And you can't have any more of the Spirit, but he can have much more of you and me. We can't have a little of the Spirit or more of the Spirit. And I think perhaps the King James has been uh, just a little misleading there in that particular uh, verse. Be filled with the Spirit the translation in the King James and really it's not to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because the analogy there, he says, be not drunk with wine. Remember? Be not drunk with wine. He's making an analogy between a person who is controlled by wine and one who is controlled by the Spirit. Now, all of us have seen persons controlled by wine, haven't we? I was talking to uh, our brother Frank here, and he's telling me about his experience in the rescue missions. He knows about those who are controlled by wine. They don't know what they're doing half the time. May I say that when we are controlled by the Spirit. And that, it seems to me, is a uh, something that we ought to strive for more and more. Oh, we couldn't be controlled by the Spirit as they were on the day of Pentecost. We know that. They couldn't do anything else but what they did, could they? But... Uh, the apostle says to us as believers and members of the body of Christ be not drunk with wine but be be not controlled with, with wine but be controlled by the spirit 
be controlled by the Spirit. And here he uses the same little phrase, by or through his Spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. We've learned, haven't we, that dwell means to settle down and make oneself at home. Now, he's addressing believers here, I'm sure. Uh, that is, instructing believers in how to pray. And uh, he is telling them that Christ may dwell in your hearts. The word dwell means to settle down and make oneself at home. Well, we couldn't possibly say that they were uh, not indwelt by the Spirit or not uh, believers. Certainly they were believers. But Christ was not possessing every part of their life. Isn't it true that sometimes we as God's people will permit other things that are displeasing to the Lord sometimes even to fill one part of our life and we're not, we're not willing to let the Holy Spirit fill that place. What does he fill us with? Well, it seems to me that he's talking about being filled unto all the fullness of God, verse 19. Not with the fullness of God. Here again, that word with is a little misleading, perhaps. It should be unto, unto the fullness of God. Certainly, if we were filled with the fullness of God, we'd be like Christ himself in our state. None of us have arrived there yet. Oh, I know our position is perfect. I'm well aware of that. But our state is not perfect yet. And so we haven't arrived there. But when Christ settles down and makes himself at home in every part of our lives, then we will be filled by the Spirit. Dr. Kenneth Wiest, who was a teacher at Moody when I was there, and whose book on Romans I recommend to our people constantly, and I, if you haven't heard me say it, I think maybe I said it when I was here last June. I always tell people about this, because uh, his book on Romans is the only one that has Romans 6 straight that I found. Romans 6 in most books on or expositions on Romans is, is off the track, if I can use the expression. But, uh, but Dr. Wiest has it correct. If you have his book on Romans, I, uh, I, if you don't, you ought to buy it. That's the best uh, $3 you ever spent in your life. You get Romans 6 straight. And Dr. Wiest, I think he has an excellent explanation of Romans 6. I know, I, I sure have been blessed by that. And uh, he says that Dr. Max Reich, anybody here remember Dr. Max Reich? Pastor Stam does. And Harlan, are you that old? I would say just by the time he was uh, 
Isn't that something? Some of you heard Dr. Max Reich's name. He was, for many years, the director of the Jewish Missions Course at Moody Bible Institute. And uh, Mr. Wiest quoted Dr. Max Reich. Listen to this. Isn't this good? He said, Dr. Reich said, Make room for the Spirit, and He will make room for Christ. Oh, I read that over and over again. Make room for the Spirit, and He, the Spirit, will make room for Christ. You see, we're exhorted to be filled by the Spirit, and He will fill us unto the fullness of God. And when we have Christ, we have the fullness of God because that's who he is. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's the best answer I know to Seventh-day Adventism. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2.9, isn't it? And you are complete in him, he says. I won't uh, go into the dimensions of the mystery. We agree with Mr. Stam completely in his exposition on the dimensions of the mystery. Many of you read it. Many of you have it in your library at home. Maybe you have it back there. The dimensions of the mystery. I notice that all expositors that have written on Ephesians think that uh, he's talking about love here. The dimensions of love. But as Mr. Stam points out in his book on the dimensions of the mystery, or booklet it is, the dimensions here are the dimensions of the mystery. You can't measure the love of Christ. You see what it says? And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. None of us can comprehend to its greatest extent the love of God except as we know it in Christ. that ye may know the love of Christ. Many of you remember the words penned by a convict in a prison cell, and the songwriter who wrote that very well-known song, The Love of God, used the words that were supposed to have been written by this convict. They found it in his cell after he died. Here are the words. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I, I just can't imagine that, can you? 
drain the ocean dry. <coughs> that just gives you a little picture of the love of God in Christ. And then he adds, as we already told you, be filled unto all the fullness of God. And I think that's the fifth request. Be filled unto all the fullness of God, Christ being the fullness of God. And then verse 20, before we go home. I appreciate so much your kind attention bearing with me. Verse 20, and I said before that I believe this was the, perhaps the greatest prayer promise in the Pauline epistles as far as the body of Christ is concerned. Oh, so many people misquote scriptures, don't they, on, on prayer. I used to do it. Oh, I remember how I would uh, quote, uh, we thank the Lord that where two or three are gathered together in your name and so on. And I, uh, I did it sincerely. I didn't know any differently. How we thank the Lord for a measure of spiritual enlightenment to see where that passage belongs. And I decided a long time ago that this 20th verse is no doubt the greatest prayer promise for the body of Christ. I quote it often at home. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That could be a message in itself, couldn't it? Just that verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. What a comfort, what a assurance for the child of God and for the believer. Do you have that assurance? I might be talking to someone here who is unsaved. I've uh, been in the ministry for a long time, and we thank the Lord for the privilege and I used to maybe take for granted that the audience, everybody was saved in the audience, but I don't do that anymore because I, I really believe that we, may, we might have some people who come to church on a Tuesday night in a Bible conference who may not even know the Lord. And so I want to say to you, if you haven't believed the gospel yourself and if you haven't trusted Christ and what he has done. What what has he done? He died and was buried and arose again. And the work is all done. I don't remember who it was I heard say this. If I have to even do this much to be saved, it wouldn't be by the grace of God. You see, it'd be, it would be something that I did even that much move my little finger there isn't a thing you and I can do the work's all done and I would say again in case I'm talking to someone who hasn't trusted Christ for yourself 
the work is all done. Don't try to do anything good to please the Lord. That's religion. And that's a deadly thing. But I trust you believe the gospel and trust the Savior. That's what I always tell our people. I believe that's it. I don't tell them to receive Christ. I used to say that all the time years ago, and I, I became convicted of that after I, I realized that the emphasis ought not to be upon us receiving the Lord. A dead person can't receive the Lord, can he? Uh, the Lord receives us. And I love that old song, and I, you know, we, we start, just started singing it around our place in recent years. Christ receive a sinful man. I remember we sang that when I was first saved, and I used to enjoy it so much, I never knew why I liked it so well. I know now. Because that's what the scripture says. Ephesians 1, 6, accepted in the beloved one. The Lord accepts us, and he'll accept you if you're unsaved. Well, we've just been sharing some thoughts with you and talking to you out of our heart. And uh, I'm going to sit back and enjoy every minute of the ministry our brethren will bring us tomorrow, the Lord willing. It's been, uh, I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed it so far. And uh, I trust that tomorrow will be a great day here. If some of you can break away, some of you men, I'd love to have you take off a couple hours and get in on some of this. It'll bless your heart. It'll be well worthwhile. Shall we stand as we close our service tonight? And I've taken a little longer time than I should have, and uh, you forgive me for running over just a little bit. But I trust the Holy Spirit will bless the word to your heart. And I assure you that if there's anyone that's unsaved and you want to know the Lord and you'd like us to sit down and go over the scriptures with you, we'll be so glad to take time after this service is closed to sit right down with this book and show you what God has said and pray together with you. Anyone at all. Shall we pray? Our Father, how we thank Thee for the wonderful privilege we've had of looking together into the Scriptures again. How we rejoice in the great truth that we see here. So many of us as believers have prayed amiss so often, and uh, we fail to follow the Apostle Paul in his prayers and intercessions how we pray that we may be more faithful in praying for uh, the spiritual uh, enrichment and the spiritual growth of our beloved fellow saints help us to pray for one another help us to pray for the pastor and so many of us fail to do that we just pray that all of our brethren here who stand behind the pulpit and minister the word of God faithfully from week to week may 
sense the prayers of their parishioners. May they sense the fact so many are remembering them and praying for spiritual power in the inner man. So we commit the result to thee, and we thank thee in the Savior's name. Amen.